When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everybody. This is Fox News' Rup Raj on the February 29th edition of Let It Rip. We talked about the election results with Congresswoman Debbie Dingell and Andy Levin. Yes, the uncommitted vote as well. The mayor of Dearborn joined us about why he thinks the 100,000 people who voted uncommitted did the right thing. But uh, an African-American civil rights leader, well, he disagrees. With that, let's let it rip. Tonight on Let It Rip, 100,000 people voted uncommitted instead of for President Biden. The mayor of Dearborn says the protest vote worked, sending a message to the president, changed the course of the war in Gaza. But one African-American leader says this protest vote is weaponizing the sacred right they worked so hard to protect. But first, even as Donald Trump and President Biden come out on the top of their tickets in our primary, there's already talk about whether these two will be the last men standing. Many wish someone else would swoop in to make a splash in this rematch, two Democrats and two conservatives are ready to let it rip. And so it's time now to let it rip with former Republican State Representative Terrence Mikowski, former Democratic Congressman Andy Levin, attorney and conservative advocate Terry Johnson, and live via Skype, Democratic Congresswoman Debbie Dingell, Fox 2 anchor and attorney Charlie Langton with us as well. We have a lot to get to. And by the way, in our second segment here, we have the mayor of Dearborn, uh, Abdullah Hamoud, who's joining us to talk about this uncommitted issue as well as a leader in the African-American community who has opinions about this whole uncommitted movement. Let's look at some of these numbers real quickly here. This is what election night shook out to essentially for the Republicans. 68 percent voting for Donald Trump, 26 percent voting for Nikki Haley. We'll get to that in a second. But the big story that brought in the national media and the cameras from all over the world was this story. 81 percent of the Democratic voters voted for President Joe Biden. 13.2 percent voted uncommitted. Why? Because of what's going on in Israel and Biden's role in it. Uh, Congresswoman Dingell, 100,000 people from from your former district said, wait a minute here, President Biden, you're not listening to us. And they had their voices heard, didn't they? So first of all, it wasn't 100,000 people from my former district. It was 100,000 people statewide. Uh, and what what happened is there was a Listen to Michigan campaign, which Andy was active in, and people wanted to be listened to. There was a higher number than you sometimes see uh, of uncommitted, but there are only two, not only because my district just won, and I've said to many people, my district will have the highest number of uncommitted. It also had the highest number of Biden votes. People wanted to be heard. Michigan is a purple state. People need to listen to Michigan in all demographics. But is President Joe Biden listening to Michigan? Because here's the deal. We know that 74 uh, percent of the people in the state of Michigan who are polled said they want a ceasefire, and they want it now. And when they didn't get it, 100,000 people, whether they be from your former district or not in the state of Michigan said, you know what, we're making a statement. Do you think the president's hearing this loud and clear? 
I know that the president is hearing it. Uh, I have spoken to him, to him very directly uh, several times. He knows how the people of my district feel. Uh, I know he's working very hard for a temporary ceasefire right now that hopefully goes into a permanent ceasefire. But this community is, needs their raw. They need to have and see a ceasefire before they're able to be real conversations. Congressman, we're going to talk to you more in just a second here. Let's talk to Terrence Mikowski, uh, a conservative who's been on the show many of times. 68% of the people uh, who voted Republican voted for Donald Trump. Nikki Haley, 26% of the vote. Does that surprise you? 26%, although it's low, right. uh, is is taking away votes from Trump, isn't it? Well, not at all. I mean, the, the people have spoken. They want Donald Trump as their next president. And, uh, well, that's six, what, that's 68% what's of the people. People spoke, but, Absolutely. There are, but there's still more than 32% of the people who are Donald Republicans Trump said, I don't want Donald our, Trump. Yeah, they're going to be, Donald Trump's going to be our Republican candidate, and we, and we know that's going to happen. Uh, there's some uh, folks from the party that, uh, from the old regime that are still against Donald Trump, and uh, uh, they were, they will soon be weeded out. Uh, Donald Trump is going to be our, our Republican <laughs> You candidate. say old regime, but there are many people who are young Republicans who also don't want Donald Trump in office. They want someone who's not close to 80 years old to be the next president of the United States. We've seen this movie already. We don't have that option right now, though. If we had the option, then we could talk about that. Our option right now is Biden and Trump, and that's, that's, that's who are, is going to be at the election, and we know that. But the option, oh. it, there's plenty of time between now and then, right. the option that opens up is a, a brokered convention. There's a chance that we could have somebody else walk in, and we don't know what's going to happen. And so, Mr. Levin, we ask you the same question. Uh, does it surprise you that, that so many people voted for Donald Trump in the state of Michigan, and that 26% of the people said, I want Nikki Haley? I mean, the, the Republican Party of today group is Donald Trump's party, uh, for better or, from my opinion, for worse. Uh, the, I don't know about what weeding out the old regime means. I mean, these are people who want a Republican Party that actually stays within the realm of democracy and that stands up for issues and isn't about a personality of someone who's been indicted 90, you know, 91 times in multiple different states. Been convicted so, of nothing. Well, he's, That's he, the problem. He's been, how many how many charges how many people have, have, are charged day in and day out in court? No president of the United States has ever been charged. And by that's the Justice why the Department. Supreme right. and that's right. And that's do why the think, Supreme Court do, has come in. Do and you, they're going to take think, this issue up? Do you think, Mr. Levin, at all that the that the weaponization of the justice system is a thing, and that we should be worried about it Absolutely. at all? Uh, by the way, on both, if the shoe is on the other foot, we hear people talking about Hunter Biden and relationships that he may have had, and what Biden's involvement may have been. Do you think that we we've, we've gone to a place we're just weaponizing the justice system. Joe Biden is absolutely not weaponizing the justice system. In fact, the, the big uh, witness, the star central figure in this absurd, you know, effort to impeach the president uh, was just charged with lying, and he's uh, going to be criminally liable. So this is really, uh, it's no. a joke. They have no evidence. You're, of, you're shaking your head, Terry. Go ahead, Terry. It, it's, it's really funny, you know, we talk about that, but the in the Donald Trump impeachments, guess what happened? People came and lied, right. and you guys didn't want to hear any of that. It's funny when the shoe gets on the other foot, but if you want to talk about the numbers, guess what? 100%, Donald Trump had 68, uh, Nikki Haley had 26, that's 100% of Republicans. You had 13% of Democrats who didn't commit. Well, 
Well, that's something that Mr. Levin himself has been behind, right? Absolutely. And now, has that like, been a weird place for you to be in as a as a Jewish American and a Democrat to get behind this uncommitted? It's an uncomfortable place because I'm a supporter of Joe Biden. But I think this is what needs to happen for him to be elected in November. Here's where I come from, Root. I never want to see Donald Trump, uh, Donald Trump anywhere near the White House ever again, number one. It's number two, it's Joe, number two, as you said, it's it's going to be Joe Biden versus Donald Trump. It's There's such a hate for Number Donald three, Trump, which is ridiculous. Put yourself back Ru three or four years ago. My, okay, go, 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 go ahead. So, Levin, go ahead. Three, I think for uh, Joe Biden to win the White House, he has to win Michigan. And number four, for him to win Michigan, he's got to actually change policy on Gaza because people are and so in such pain here. People in the Arab American community, Charlie, the Muslim community, the broader progressive community. You know, you know yes. on, this was a big vote on campuses, as you were sort of pointing Absolutely. out. Michigan State, University of Michigan, other campuses. So, so let's go to Charlie here, who's been covering this from the beginning on the ground, has ear to the ground talking to voters at the polls and elsewhere. Uh, moving forward here, does does Joe Biden have a chance of losing the November election because of Israel? Yes, absolutely. I've been talking to these people, and if I listen to them, they say yes. I think the issue is if the war is still going on in November, I think Joe Biden has a real problem. And, you know, we can look at numbers. We can make numbers do anything. You know, if you take a look at the Trump numbers, a third of the Republicans don't like Trump. If it, if, so that's, what does that mean? Does that mean Trump doesn't have the support within the party? I think we can argue that and make a credible statement. I think on this issue, though, I think that there is a growing awareness in the United States now, not in Michigan, but the United States, that there's a conflict in Israel that doesn't make sense for a lot of people. Not just Jewish people, a lot of people. But we can't just give carte blanche money to anybody, anybody. especially in, in what's going on in, in the Jewish state. What? Palestinians have to, they're, they're people, and we got to deal with them somehow. Well, and 30,000, close to 30,000 of those people have died uh, because of this war. And That's so, not going to help. And, and so Congress let me just say, I'm super proud as a Jewish person to get out there and say, by my faith, we can't have 30,000 people being killed. There is no military solution to the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. The only way to have a homeland that's safe and secure for my people is to realize the political and human rights the, of the Palestinian the people. The only person in this room who's voting on where our dollars go in Washington is sitting by a Skype re, uh, right behind us there in between uh, the work that she's doing, the important work. Uh, I got to ask you the question, Congresswoman Dingell, and I'll ask you politely to, to, to be so direct, as direct as my question is, $75 billion on Ukraine, $14 billion uh, on this war that Israel has waged against Hamas at the hands of 30,000 people that have died. Is President Biden's worst uh, obstacle his age or this war? It's not just this. We need to be getting aid to Ukraine. I mean, it's not. This war is a problem for all Americans. And I keep telling people a Jewish baby and a Palestinian baby are both babies. They're children. And every child deserves to live in peace. There have been, of that 30,000, 12 to 14,000 of them are children. It's horrific what is happening there. But what Hamas did was a terrorist act. We want the hostages to be brought home. We don't. We need a two state solution. But they are trying to negotiate it. We don't know everything that is going behind closed doors. I know that there have been very direct conversations. And Charlie's right. This war, I pray, is not going on in November. But, in no but, but November is a few months away, if you really think about the timeline here. Let me ask you the question again, Congresswoman, and thank you for that perspective. But do you think it's his age, or do you think it's this war that could really Look, hinder his chances of getting back in the White House? 
I'm going to tell you something. His age is, this is a seasoned man. You've got a man who is compassionate and empathetic and has shown people uh, that he knows what he's doing. And you've got another man that's no. almost his age that's got 91 counts of uh, indictment counts, counts as Andy Levin Just said. counts. Just so. counts. But, but, can okay, Terry, go ahead. Real quickly, the funny thing we're talking about of these wars under Biden, guess what we weren't talking about? Wars under Trump. Absolutely. So if you're not talking about wars under Trump, put the man back in the White House that right. did not have these issues. We didn't have but these four think, years ago. The whole administration but, well, I, is ill prepared to work with the I understand to what you're saying. However, affairs. there are many people the on both sides of the political aisle who will say, making friends with Putin and, and romanticizing yeah. the relationship between a dictator and himself as a president, and by the way, yeah. of North it's Korea, no is not no the way to go. But, 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 but let me I, ask and I can you, respond is, there, is there an even ground, even, even a middle ground between these two? Yeah, that, well, there is, but here's the thing. Just because we have a bromance doesn't mean that I don't respect you. In other words, we if if he can get them to do what he wants them to do, then guess what? You it worked. What your, what your thoughts like on that? Like me or not like me. Yeah, it's, it's, it's horrifying and un-American to say that if a NATO country doesn't pay their full dues, Russia should go in and do whatever they want to them. Did I mean, it happen? Is, and he doubled, he doubled down on that, Terrence. He doubled happened. down. Never happened. And it didn't no, happen. He said it. He's he negotiating What's happening now and what happened then? Come on, let's be for real. Are we better off now or are we better off when Trump was in office? Plain and simple. I mean, come on. Let's look at everybody here. Rate, it, it, we're being at, ridiculous. Let's look at inflation. If anybody can tell me it was better off. Charlie, at the end of the day, where things land come October, November, that's where the American people are going to make up their minds. What's the biggest thing? The money matters here at home or the war? Uh, I do think the war is going to be an issue. I think money's going to be an issue. I think, you know, all these issues. I think, you know, let's take the temperature in October, November, but in early voting, it's going to be it's going to be quick. I think Biden and Trump will be the nominees. I agree with everybody right. on this panel on that side. Uh, but th this war is bothering. It's troubling. And I think that we as Americans, what, what, listen, we have to support sure. our NATO family and our friends, but we've got to do it in a respectable way. And we can't let and them we, do we, anything guys, they we want. We are out of time, but, but while we have the Congresswoman on Skype here, in uh, a few words, how are we doing with this whole budget situation and, and averting a shutdown right now, uh, today as of Thursday night? Today, we passed a continuing resolution. The Senate passed it uh, this evening. We'll right. see where we go in another week. It would be irresponsible to shut this government down. And we thank you on this busy night for joining us, Congresswoman Dingell. Of course, Terrence, always good to see you. Mr. Levin, thank you. Terry, thank we'll you. see you again. And that does it for this half, but we have a lot more coming up. 100,000 voters, we've been talking about this, say they're not sure President Biden is their man. A big part of the reason is because of his handling of the Israel-Hamas war, Dearborn's mayor, and an African American leader debate if it's a successful protest or exploiting a sacred right. That's next. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. 
Back now, let it rip debating the fallout from the uncommitted vote against President Biden. I'm joined now by Dearborn Mayor Abdullah Hamoud and Keith Williams, the chair of the Michigan Democratic Black Caucus. Fox 2 anchor and attorney Charlie Langton back with us as well. Uh, we have two people who usually agree on a lot who are here to say uh, that this, what just happened in this uncommitted vote, can either be called a fallout or a huge success. Let's look at the numbers. Uh, the Democratic race for uh, here in, in Michigan in the primary, 81.2% voting for Joe Biden, 13.2% voting uncommitted. That is more than 100,000 people who said, I will not stand for what's going on right now with the war in Israel. Uh, Mayor Hamoud, big success. Is this something that you expected would be so big in terms of the numbers? This was 10 times what we had benchmarked in trying to pursue 10,000 votes. This is five times uh, what had been cast in the previous three presidential primary uh, elections. You know, previously you had 20,000 votes, now you have 100,000. I think the most beautiful part, the most hopeful message is that we've demonstrated that this is not an Arab issue, this is not a Muslim issue, this is a statewide American issue. People want the genocide to end, and we want a president who believes in a simple value statement that we don't want to help to support, to fund, to aid or abet the killing of innocent men, women, or children. But when you look at the numbers and you look at them as percentages, the uncommitted voters were 13% of the vote. Yeah. Uncommitted, by the way, is nothing new. They've, it's been Correct. on the ballot for yeah. many, many elections. Uh, and in fact, in 2012, Obama ended up with something like 11% yes. uncommitted because people said, I don't want to vote for you. Uh, so is it really that big of a success if you compare 11 to 13%? There were 197,000 votes cast in 2012. If 100,000 people cast in that election, for uncommitted, they would have won the, the Democratic presidential primary. So you have to look at this in gross numbers. For any pundit that wants to look at this and diminish the impact that 100,000 people have, we understand that come November, it's going to be a margin won uh, by, by very small margins. And so these are 100,000 Democratic voters who have come out and said that we want a president who doesn't back a genocide, and we hope that you change course. And that's what this is about. It's the opportunity to course There's correct. always going to be issues on the ballot and with candidates that we don't like, whether it be a Republican or a Democrat. Uh, Keith, you're here to say that the right to vote, the ability to go out and vote, is something that we should never take for granted. And by voting uncommitted, uh, what's wrong with that in your mind? I'm the kind of guy like this, you know, I want to vote, and I'm sympathetic. I'm sympathetic to the cause, of, and you can see democracy working, okay? I'm good at that. But at the end of the day, I remember some years ago when Jim Blanchard, we was mad at Jim Blanchard, and we got John Engler. We were mad at Hillary Clinton, and we got Donald Trump. All I'm saying now is time for us all to come together and try to bring uh, bring some, some common sense to this whole process. Because at the end of the day, I don't want another four years with Donald Trump. And me, as an African-American, I saw, you know, what we went through through the civil rights movement and things like that. People died for the right to vote. People, you know, the things we had to go through, counting how many jelly beans in the jar and all that other stuff, that's sacred to African-Americans. But guess what about our, our African-Americans? We still love love America. And we want to work with people. And so make sure they, they, can, they can participate in the American dream. But Keith, what, but isn't it? participating in the American dream to be able to go to the polls, to actually vote, and to actually put with your, with your pencil uncommitted in order to then make a statement? Isn't that doing the same thing as voting for a candidate? To me, that's democracy, okay? But at the end of the day, 
we got to worry about Donald Trump. That should be the focus. So okay. you're saying these votes, these 100,000-plus, could be taking away from Joe Biden and helping yeah. Trump but, get into and, office. And Are I you agree. worried about that? Let, let me say that I respect the wisdom in Mr. Williams, and I agree wholeheartedly with him. We do have to worry about Donald Trump, and the party needs to be unified. But the person who has to do that is President Joe Biden. He is the candidate. He is seeking the highest office in the world, and it is incumbent upon him to earn the trust and the respect of the constituent that he wants to serve. For me, I have a resident who lost 80 family members. Do you think that he's going to have the ability to walk into a ballot box now come this November and check Joe Biden, the individual who provided the billions in funding, when the bomb dropped on his family's residential tower and said it was made in America? That is not somebody that's been able to walk into the but polling you know, So, Charlie, what, hap what happens when we look at how many votes that Joe Biden got in order to win this election in 2020? 150,000 votes separated Donald Trump and Joe Biden. 100,000-plus right. are saying in the primary, I'm voting uncommitted. There's a chance that Joe Biden could lose us because of it? He's scaring them. Absolutely. And if I lost 80 family members, there's no way I'm going to vote for Joe Biden. No way. He's right. I wouldn't vote for Joe Biden. But what does that do? I'm not going to vote for Trump. I don't like him either. So who wins on that one? Somebody's got to win. And that would have been a Biden vote that he didn't get. So just do the math. It's Trump. Now, I don't. I would make the argument that there's a third of the Republican Party that don't like Trump. So I think your, your numbers are still pretty good. But the bottom line is I think some of these, listen, give these... Listen, give them some credit. They got 100,000, and I think this is snowballing. A lot of the people passing out literature and in Dearborn and Hamtramck, for the most part, were not from Michigan. They're from outside the state. And this group has started off in uh, Iowa and South Carolina. It's a national, yeah. it's a national effort. But, but, it's still a no vote for Biden. They're going to stay home. And Trump is seeing that. Why do we call Trump out on this issue? I, why don't you call Trump? Well, because, What's Trump's position well, on this? Former President Trump, with all due respect to him, is not doing interviews that are challenging. He's doing interviews with the people who are his friends right now, and no one's asking him that question. But Mayor Hamoud, Governor Gretchen Whitmer, who, by the way, is helping chair Biden's campaign, yeah. uh, came out very vocally and publicly and said that if you don't cast your ballot for Joe Biden, you're essentially putting Trump back in the White House. Do you, do you expressly agree with that? Uh, I, I am the last person who wants to see Trump presidency, and he was awful. But Trump, do you think there's a risk of that happening if absolutely. more people do uncommitted? If you look at 2016, what happened was a majority of folk who came out and cast their vote for Trump, you saw 80,000 people skip the top of the ticket because they were not inspired to come out to the ballot box. My message to the president is that people want to come out on November with a message of hope. The message of hope of the policy and the platform that you're advocating for. I believe, prior to the events of October 7th, that President Biden had one of the most transformative pieces of legislation come through, maybe since FDR and since LBJ. However, you cannot look past 100,000 killed, wounded, and missing. If you look at the events today, 100 people, as an estimate, were killed seeking the first humanitarian aid truck that made its way to North Gaza, killed by the IDF as they were seeking aid because they are suffering from starvation and famine. And to Charlie's point, the state of Washington's largest union, and we have the most pro-union president in American history, just came out and endorsed the uncommitted campaign in the state of Washington. So what happens if Donald Trump becomes the next president of the United States? 
to the war and the efforts that are being put forth by Biden? Does he just continue to do what Biden was already doing? I don't have the privilege of thinking what happens come November, because I'm worried about what happens tomorrow. Because each and every single morning that my constituents wake up, they look to their phone, and what they see is a kill count. How many Palestinians had been killed from the day before? And was it any of my family members around my friends? That's why we're urging the president to come out immediately and call for a permanent ceasefire. This is the president that ran on, that ran on empathy, the ability to empathize with those who have suffered loss, because he has suffered loss. Well, Mr. Mr. President Biden did try. He did say that he wants a ceasefire. A temporary ceasefire. Yeah. United Nations didn't. He said he wanted two states. But he has vetoed three times now at the United Nations Security Council three vetoes against a permanent ceasefire. And let me let's be careful about using language. A ceasefire means you help prevent the killing of innocent men, women, or children. If I told you, Charlie, I want to temporarily stop the killing of children, or I want to permanently stop the killing of children, I think 100% of America would say we should 100% permanently stop the killing of children. And you'd get behind. That. And so, Mr. Williams, when you hear the fervor, the emotion, and the real reasons why people with relatives, as he said, uh, in, in, in that area in Gaza are being killed, uh, I know you said that many black Americans have died for the right to vote, and it's sacred. But is it not then sacred for people to cast a ballot, uncommitted, to say, I will not help fund this? You know, Everybody's got emotions in this, okay? Yeah. At the end of the day, I don't like killings. I don't like wars. I don't like guns. I want peace. That's but at the end of the day, Joe Biden, look at the guy. He had tragedy in his life. He lost a wife. He lost a daughter. And everybody knows the story about both fighting over in Iraq. But to give the guy a chance, okay? You got the Congress. You got the Senate. You got all these people trying to bring, bring a solution to that area. I'm not a, uh, a military expert. I'm not a foreign policy expert. All I want to do is bring peace. And I don't want Donald Trump getting back in the White House. But let me, let me ask you this about protests in general. Uh, African Americans have taught so many Others, including Indian Americans and others, how to protest, right? There's a way to do it. Yeah. Is this not a great way to peacefully protest and to make your voice heard? All I'm saying is democracy works. You saw it work this weekend and during an election. But what I'm saying to you, I, I'm going to repeat myself. I don't want to see another John Engler, and I don't want to see another John, John Donald Trump in the White House. Because look what Judge Joe Biden has done. The stock market is, is roaring. We got plenty of jobs. If you want a job, you can get a job. You just look at Donald Trump talked about infrastructure week. We never got infrastructure week. We got infrastructure with Joe Biden. Black. We got yeah. the first black uh, Supreme Court justice, female Supreme Court justice. We got the first black vice president of the United States. We got the first black uh, defense Secretary, Donald, to me, Joe Biden is doing his job, but there's always going to be some hiccups in the White House. You go back historically, the yes. wars was a Ms. part of that conversation. Williams, I want to thank you for joining us. And uh, Mayor Hamoud, uh, of course, we say this all with the somber ending to this segment to say that we're talking about 30,000 plus lives yes. that have been lost and so many more suffering, and the suffering does continue. There's no easy answer. At least this dialogue, I hope, can help people understand the issue a bit better. Thank you, gentlemen, for joining us. Charlie's taking Let It Rip on the Road. That's coming up next. Hundred thousand people from Michigan voted uncommitted on the Democratic ballot. What do you make of that? 
they're not liking the way the country's going right now. A hundred people died waiting in line for food. They were bombed and they were supposed to be in a safe place. These stories are horrendous. I think it's going to have a big impact in November and who you're going to vote for. Is Trump the beneficiary of this uncommitted movement? I don't think he's necessarily the beneficiary. I think it's um, Joe Biden could be the beneficiary because it allows him to get ahead of it and understand where his voters are. At the Gaza Strip, which is, is, is full of uh, refugees right now and they're bombing them. It's unrelentless bombing. I think this uncommitted could carry on beyond Michigan? I would say so. Yes, with the Arab population, I would think so. I want to thank Abdullah Hamoud, the mayor, and Keith Williams also for being here today, as well as Fox News' Charlie Langton. That does it for this edition of Let It Rip. The Let It Rip discussion continues online. Sound off on Facebook, X, formerly Twitter, or Fox2Detroit.com.